think my job as a leader is to find out what those needs, wants, and desires are and try to build a path and really cheer them on and make them successful. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's J.R. Flatter, and we are here with our distinguished guest, David Hoskins. And this is Building a Coaching Culture. And Dave, I'll just remind you and I'll remind all our listeners, we're talking to leaders of complex organizations like you who are competing and succeeding in this 21st century uh, business environment and all the things that are changing and technology, AI, culture, coaching, all the above. And the first thing we always do is give our distinguished guests an opportunity to introduce themselves. And I would say I'd purposely ask you not to be humble, brag about yourself a little bit. So the floor is yours, sir. Okay. I guess some of the interesting stuff. Um, uh, I'm retired Army. I was a military policeman in the Army. Kind of started my my career off. Even before that, growing up in construction with my father is kind of where I ultimately ended up. And that's what I do now. So I've worked for a couple of large institutions. One, I'm sure both of them, most everybody would know, uh, 7-Eleven Corporation. I was their national remodel manager, so doing construction and renovations for many years. Um, I started my own company and built up a really large company, and it was acquired by another major company. And so I kind of cashed out, so to speak, on that and um, picked up just a ton of skills and licenses and things like that through my construction career. Currently, I work for a pretty large organization called the Blackstone Group, and they own Motel 6 and Studio 6. Uh, and that's a company called G6 Hospitality. But they're basically, uh, you know, franchised hotels that we manage uh, the development, the construction, and the renovations. We provide all that support for franchisees across the United States. And so I have a, a team of renovation managers that, that I lead. They're located all over the United States. And that team uh, provides all of the support for systemic renovations, new construction, uh, anything uh, working with developers and architects, engineers, things like that. Recently, my job has transformed. So the company went from an owned and franchised company. They've sold off the rest of the owned assets and turned into a fully franchised company. So my role within the company has changed significantly. I went from you know 42 employees on the owned asset side and found them other positions with other companies and within this company and have hired on an entire new staff over the past year. So we've gone through this major transformation of the company, leadership changes, you know, all this kind of coming out of the COVID mess of staying home and remote working. And it's been a ride. And um, you know, I guess I'm happy to say that, that this year was finally able to recruit and, and get fully staffed. And I think we have a a great network of project managers out there now that are working on this team. And so now the goal is trying to keep them, right? So you want to make sure that you have really good ways to communicate when they're remote. You want to have support 
you know, their desire to grow within the company. So they have to have a, a, a growth pattern of where they want to be and what they want to do. And I've kind of transformed. So I used to be a little bit more procedural, more hard when it comes to showing up on time and, you know, documenting performance. I've kind of transformed into more of the holistic approach of leadership. And it's different with every person. You can't, I don't think you can lead every single person the same way, right? It's each individual person has their needs, their wants, whether they be personal or whether they be uh, in, in business. And I think my job as a leader is to find out what those needs, wants, and desires are and try to build a path and really cheer them on and make them successful. That's what, that's what I do. And that's what's, what's kept me successful uh, through the, this large transition. Yeah, it's fascinating working with your group. I have the, the honor of working with them. I didn't realize until you made your comments right there how blue collar, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I come from blue collar. And I think the neat thing about that is how relevant the style of leadership is across all professions, all cultures. Uh, and it's a coaching style of leadership, if I were to put a label on what you just described. And it's what this podcast is all about is learning to lead and succeed, hire, retain in this hyper-competitive freelance labor market. So talk to us about, if you don't mind, change on that level, that scale. And then the, you know, how does one sustain a culture during that time? Yeah, it's, it's tough, especially when the team is decentralized. So you have you know, getting together in a setting online with a Zoom or, or Teams or something like that. It's great because technology is kind of caught up finally and we, and we can have those types of meetings, but where the real uh, magic in leadership and growing as a team and, and that coaching really happens when you have the ability to get together. And I've seen that and we've been pushing to have more you know, quarterly get-togethers. And I think with those quarterly get-togethers, you can kind of let your hair loose, so to speak. You can have dinner, you can talk, you can get on a personal level. It's a little bit harder to do that when you're online and in a, in a setting where you're all business. And that's one of the things that I think is great about this coaching culture pilot that we're doing with the teams. And I really appreciate helping me establish that and lead it. It's um, been so helpful for me to connect with the teams because they're out there and they're talking about things that are on their mind. And it's not just a structured meeting where we're going through the procedures and the numbers and things like that of what we're doing. It's kind of more outside of the box thinking. And that's really where I see the expressions and the needs and things like that when they're outside of that element and, and you bring that. So I wanted to thank you for that. I'm excited to, to have that vehicle to connect with the team. So it's been exciting to do that. And, and everyone's, like I said, everyone's different. I think some really like to, like to talk a lot and they like to open up and others don't. And so you kind of see those reservations and then you start digging into it and you find out why. And it's, it's interesting to know the why for sure. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and thank you for that because sometimes I don't get that kind of feedback and it's really a pleasure and an honor to work with you all. And I'll give our listeners a little tidbit of what you and I are doing together. You've got this team of leaders that we're building a house of leadership for you as an organization, but also 
for them as individuals. We say it all the time. We lead and teach and coach at the intersection of personal and professional. And as I hear you describing this culture you're building, it is that. It is helping professional achievement and personal achievement, which go hand in hand in the 21st century. So a common coaching question when somebody is talking about maybe their mindset, you might ask, okay, what does that result in? Like, what are the consequences of that? So thinking about that innovation that you're kind of bringing to the workplace, what are this? What are some of the second degree effects of that? What are the consequences that you're seeing? What comes to mind, I think, is the balance, right? The balance of that. I find, you know, being a a leader, having a caring mindset, and that's, you know, I'm in hospitality and we have a caring mindset. We care about, you know, thoughts and feelings about every team member. And when they hurt, we hurt, right? And so it's good to bring that. I find it a little bit hard sometimes to separate that caring with also the need to get things done, right? So I, you know, for example, I experienced this today. It's it was kind of the perfect storm, right? We're at the end of the end of the month for uh, a certain thing that needs to happen, and we have one sick and one on vacation, and so knowing what's going on in their lives helps me understand a little bit more about what my expectations should or could be, right? And so it's just feeling those personal wants and needs and balancing them, knowing that if I reached out, it would be okay if they were doing something else or or knowing that I shouldn't in a certain situation where there may have been a death in the family or something like that, right? So it's like that interpersonal knowledge of what's going on personally and professionally, because when people have things going on, if, if my kids are sick at home and I know it's going to be on my mind. It's going to affect me, right? And so I would ask for maybe an hour of reflective time to take care of what I need to take care of before I jump on and do the next task. And so that communication is really, really important, but it doesn't happen overnight. That type of a interpersonal relationship is really hard to break through. Uh, and I think uh, one of the things with working toward my my coaching, you know, bettering my coach, coaching abilities and learning through uh, these sessions that I've been in helps me even that much more ask the right questions and get to that level of understanding and, and list, really listening and listening to the whispers of what somebody's telling you and not necessarily just what they're telling you, right? They may repeat something twice and they may say a special word and you may not have any idea what they're talking about unless you ask the why. And when you ask the why, then the magic comes out and they start saying, hey, yeah, you know what? I didn't realize this really is bothering me. I know I said it, but then when you ask me why, this this stuff went off in my brain to say there's so much more, right? And so they open up and really start talking about it. And that's what coaching is all about. That's what I've what I'm finding is it's just breaching that balance between those interpersonal communications. Um, but it's it is magic. Yeah, I like how you said that, like seeing things that even the client doesn't realize like little whispers. As I've listened to you a couple of times over the different sessions with your team, but even today, you talk about the franchise model and I don't know a whole lot about that, but what comes to mind when I hear you describe that is leadership without actual authority. So talk to us about that challenge. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, That's like day to day for our team, right? 
you know, before in the owned asset, you have control. You have control over your projects, your programs, your budgets, your vendors, your schedule, your communications in, in the owned asset. But with a franchise uh, model, you have influence. You don't have control over the budget because it's their budget. You don't have control over the vendors because they've hired the vendor. They choose the vendor, right? For the most part. So that whole mindset of having control and responsibility for the project transforms into having influence. And it's uh, a lot of it is negotiating, right? You know, finding the, the win-win relationship. So they need to get something done. It's your job to find out what it is that they really want, need. You know, if they're, if they're running behind in their schedule, is it, are they running on a capital funds issue? You need to get to that because in some cases, they're just not going to tell you, right? Because they don't want to uh, let you down or, or they don't want to breach a contract or something like that. But it's really, it's really understanding what their wants and needs are and how your responsibility or influence can help shape the outcome of that. But it's, a, it's definitely a different, different mindset, for sure. You had said, um, you know, leadership without authority. And I was thinking, oh, like being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> but, Tell me um, more, Lucas. <laughs> is that a whisper? <laughs> Um, tell me your four-year-old is running your house. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> um, you had kind of mentioned the balance between kind of like opening yourself up to having these personal relationships and, and how that kind of helps, but then also, you know, enforcing like we were just talking about. So what are some ways that you kind of try to maintain that balance? I was at a work event where we had a gathering recently and there were awards being given out for performance, right? And those were developers and operations. And there was one gentleman who won an award two years in a row, and he had the best area and the best financials and the best communication. And so right after the award ceremony, I walked up and I went, like, what's the secret? How do you, you know, how do you do this? And he said, you know, there's really not a secret. He said, you know, I know my people, right? I've learned them. I know that, you know, a majority of them don't want an email. They want a text message or they want me to pick up the phone and talk to them or they want me to drive out and see them. And he said, I just keep little notes and I remember what that particular customer wants, right? Or that, that hotel, when I plan my day or I plan my week, I plan it around what their needs are. And that is what has made me successful. That's the win-win, Right. Some franchisees may just be hard for them to do email or they, it may not be as personable as maybe a text message and you can put an emoji or whatever it is, right? Or just picking up the phone. Some just, maybe they're driving uh, long distances every day and they don't have time to read email or they don't have time to pick up a text message, but a phone call works for them. So I think kind of keeping those little side notes of each of those individual relationships that you want to maintain whether you put it in your phone or a notes or, you know, a great thing that, that JR had recommend is um, making sure that I, I maintain a little diary at the end of the day, right? A, a journal. And uh, I, str I still struggle to do it on a daily basis. But I think about those things when I sit down and reflect about the conversations that I had during that same day saying, oh gosh, I, okay, I remember that someone told me that 
you know, they, they drive a lot or, they, and those are the, that's the time to reflect and go back and put those in my notes. Cause I don't always do it at the time that I'm doing it. But if you can get back to it the same day, how powerful that is to remember those little things, it really makes a difference and puts you on, it, it breaks the barrier of you being in that balance of that personal and that business relationship. Also just finding out those little details, you wouldn't find them out in the first place unless you were curious, you know? Yeah. And I love, I love the language you're using because you're indirectly talking about when you say needs, not desires, there's a big difference between the leader I'm going to visit wants me to, and the leader I'm going to visit needs me to. And as a, what I might describe as a servant leader, as a coaching leader, you consider them needs and not wants. That's really, really powerful. And it's how you build a culture because your team knows that. They know that you want to deliver what they need. You talked a minute ago about showing your team a career path and opportunity for growth. But you're also describing this massive amount of change, this fluidity in the market, the profession that you're in. How do you paint that picture for your team with that kind of fluidity? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, and I still, you know, having a new team, I still struggle with that. And so what I've been doing lately is uh, partnering with HR and what resources we have. But I think having just an individual development plan and taking and writing out what those needs, desires, and wants, but also really documenting a career path for that individual or that position, right? And it takes a little bit of coordination, especially in a big organization like I'm with, right? Because we've got HR has their ways of doing things and how they promote within and how they interview. But if you if you really reach out, I found that they've been extremely helpful in helping me develop that individual plan. And once you get the basics of that individual development plan, is sitting down with them and saying, look, this is what you've been telling me. I've I've taken some notes and this is our plan to get you where and it's my job to see you succeed. I want you to go to that level of position that you want or cross-functionally in the organization. And we can work together on building those relationships. And that's how I cheer them on. I'll make it be known when something great happens with that other cross-functional team just to send a message, right? To plant the seed. It's planting seeds of their performance in that industry to help them get where they want to be. And when that individual or that partnership really starts to blossom is when they know that you really sincerely want them to succeed. And when they feel that, then that's where all the team magic happens. They got your back. They have everybody's back. Everybody wants to help each other and build the culture of the caring and trust culture. It takes a while. It takes a while to develop, for sure. We talk about also the challenges with kind of linking these actions and those relationships with a return on investment. And so how do you choose kind of like what to do with your extra time, like prioritizing actions? Um, do you have some kind of connection to how much value it's bringing? That's a great question. Um, so strengths and weaknesses, right? One of my big weaknesses, and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say it is is 
my follow through, right? I can dream up and I can come up with all kinds of ways to take advantage of opportunities within my organization or my group. And I'm great at getting all of those things started. Like I'm a starter. I'll get it. I'll delegate it. I'll plan it. I'll get it all ready to go. But then all of these things that I've started is following through and holding, you know, propping them up and walking them through. I'm real bad about that follow-up because I've, I've got so many different things going on at the same time. And I know a lot of people struggle with that, especially, you know, today, you know, where a lot of organizations through, through COVID and, and being at home and people changing jobs and wanting to work from home, it's a struggle, like retaining talent, keeping people engaged. And, you know, I, I feel a lot of people are doing work with two, two different people now, you know, and so that's the new norm, right? So definitely, definitely a struggle of retaining and keeping that talent. So you used the word vulnerability a few minutes ago, and I gave a keynote address to an audience of construction professionals about a year and a half ago, talking about some of these things. And I don't know how well received it was. I'm sure it was my style and my approach, but uh, if you were to give advice to your peers on how to start down this path and not get out ahead of your trust and safety, what advice would you give? You had this realization six or eight or 10 months ago, maybe even longer. That's when you and I met and you made the leap. You, you jumped off the tower. So they're at the tower peeking over. What advice do you give them as to how to get started creating a coaching culture, being vulnerable as a construction professional. Yeah, that's, uh, this goes two ways, right? So as, as I was uh, transitioning my teams, I lost a lot of sleep. I wanted to make sure that every team member on my team, all 42 of them had a place to go. And so that keeping me up at night and trying to find ways to build relationships in that industry that you're in, whether it be with an association or through social media or LinkedIn or, or other avenues, just people that you may know that may be in that same industry, building those relationships. I have, you know, I have several um, weekly and monthly conversations with other professionals in the industry, with other hotel groups that I've met, with other uh, areas within the construction or renovation or repair and maintenance that I try to maintain those relationships and the value of those relationships goes a long way because when you are constantly networking with those individuals and you mention, Hey, you know, I've got, I've got somebody there in, you know, Washington. And, and I really think that I really don't have a place for them right now, but you know, let me tell you their qualities. And can I set up a coffee with, you know, and through that, I was able to transform or, or, or um, find a place for each one of those individuals on my team for a place to go. Now, if they wanted to go, if they didn't want to go or they wanted to do their own thing, then great. I feel I, I can sleep on that, right? So on that side of it, uh, building relationships. Now, on, on the other side of it, when I, you know, when I was struggling at the end of last year, when I had three open positions... And I knew that I needed to, to find a certain individual for this job to be successful. You know, and I, I've heard the analogy of, you know, hire slow and fire fast, right? You hear that analogy, 
but the higher slow being the most important, right? Of course, you don't want a toxic person in, in your group. So firing fast um, kind of leads itself into that direction. But making sure that you list out what the top three needs are or desires in that position, right? So in our group, communications is big, right? If you can't reach out and be bold and communicate, that's what we're doing all the time. We're trying to get franchisees to answer the phone so we can build those relationships. And they've already built relationships in the past with other people in the organization that may not be here anymore, right? And so having those you know, top three things that you want in that individual and sticking to it. And when you do your interviews, think about questions to ask that makes them think about answering in a way that you, that it's acceptable, that you're comfortable, that they have the ability to do those things. Right. And so that's really, really important. And another thing too, um, you've probably heard this as well. I've had so much better luck hiring either from within or from a referral than just finding somebody that submitted a resume to a job online. Right. Because then you get you kind of have a sponsor and you can ask them questions about that particular person. So, you know, friend, family, relationship, it's always good to hire somebody that has a vested interest in helping that person succeed. And so I was able to do that with two out of the three recent hires that I did just by reaching out with contacts and friends and family and let them know this is, you know, here's, here are the top things, I three things that I need with this particular position. And they started appearing and it just worked out really, really well. Yeah, you've reminded me when we talk about culture, we talk about the same thing that if we're going to work together, so your eth- my organizational ethics and your personal morality come together when, when you join the team, there's got to be a few things we agree on and then you get everything else. So what are those few things for the job, but also the few things if you're going to be part of this team, what are those few things that are going to be part of your team for you? Yeah. So I think those things, I, I listed one of them, communications, right? I think there, there are a ton of other things that really could help support them being successful in their business. We mentioned uh, negotiating, right? We're constantly negotiating, trying to help support, like I said, a lot of influence, but really no, no control. So it's, you know, another one for my team is to be an independent worker, right? You know, having integrity is huge. That's what helps you build that trust as well. When an employee that is remote, you just know that that they have a schedule and they're monitoring their schedule and they're being responsible, right? Without having to ask or, you know, show me your schedule because I want to see that you're getting out there, you're doing the things that you need to do. That stuff will come out right? You'll know eventually whether they're doing that or not. So I think integrity is really, really big with me. And and that may just be a personal thing, or it may be from my military background, but telling the truth and being honest and and self-driven is huge with me. So speaking of, you know, looking for new candidates and thinking about it from a marketing perspective, like the top of the funnel, like the people actually applying, are there, is there anything that you can do to you know, communicate your company's culture so that you're attracting some of the best applicants? Yeah. You know, that's a really good question too. I think um, 
company culture is something that does not transform overnight, right? It's embedded within the organization. It's usually a top-down leadership that really pushes for it. And then it's all those uh, leaders within the company that have to follow that culture and build that culture over time. You know, I ended up with this organization because companies that treat previous military members was important to me. So when I looked for a job, I, you know, I went into and I typed in which companies treat veterans really well, right? Because that was important. That was one of my, one of the things that, one of my standards of what, what I was looking for. And this company was one of the ones that came up top of the list. And I said, huh, okay, so I like that, right? I want to, I want to pursue that more. And as I started to have conversations and interviews with several different people at the organization, I can tell that they have that caring mindset. And that was important to me as well, right? That we really truly care about your well-being and we want you to succeed. And I felt that immediately with some of the leaders that, that hired me. And so that was one of the things that I think is really, really important. It's important when you're interviewing potential employees to talk about culture because they may not have the opportunity to ask. I mean, if, if you have a caring culture and you are dedicated to veterans or if you partner with other organizations that is special within your company, you got to tell them, like, just bring it out and let them know, hey, this is, this is our culture, right? And talk about the company values. And that doesn't happen very often. I've been on several interviews where Vultures, they want to talk about the job and the task. And, and if you're in that industry and you're applying for a job, more likely you know what, what's expected of you, right? And it's good to talk about the finite details, but put that aside. Let's talk about whether we're a good mix of individuals before we start talking about the tasks that they're going to do. So I definitely, when I interview, I start out with, this is the company, this is the culture, this is our team culture within that company and how we follow those values, right? Those are the kind of questions that when I come home and I talk to my wife or my significant other, right? I say, hey, this company's great. Like they have great values. That's the first thing that comes out of my mind. And I know that's what's on my wife's mind. She don't care about the details. She wants to know how, you know, are you going to travel forever? Or, you know, do they have a good culture? Are you going to have a mean boss? Those types of things. And Usually having a great culture is really, really important to especially people nowadays. You know, another one too that is, is real important or has came up is, is it a remote position or do I have to be in the office, right? And so whether it's a hybrid position or what the expectations, I think that's important to, to be upfront in the beginning. Yeah, I love that. Communicate what your culture you want and then demonstrate it. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, uh, you were to look back five or 10 years and the growth you've achieved in that time, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? I tell this to myself every day. <laughs> Slow down and listen. Slow down and listen. Because if you slow down and you start listening, you see so much more than just jumping into conversations that you don't have all of the facts or all of the information or all of the intent on that conversation first. And I struggle. My mind goes in a lot of different directions when I'm having conversations. So I'm thinking, oh, this, oh, that, oh, this, oh, that. And then when it comes time for me to start talking, I'm like, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, right? And so uh, maybe it's old age. I don't know. 
Anyway, so I started writing down when I, when I'm having a conversation, I'll jot down just a couple of cheat words, you know, just to remind myself those key points that I want to talk about when it's my turn. One of the things we talk about in coaching is being silent. My biggest lesson of 2022 was the acronym WAIT, W-A-I-T. Why am I talking? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luca, you get the last question as always. All right. So thinking about the house of leadership and how you know your leadership in the office can translate to your home life and vice versa, do you kind of see leadership concepts and things that you make the connection? Oh, that that's actually a really good leadership lesson, maybe from you know, an anecdote, something that happened to you or from a book or a movie, something? I think the only thing that comes to mind is um, being able to break that barrier uh, between those personal things. A lot of individuals really have a barrier between that interpersonal side and the business side, right? And there has to be boundaries, right? You have to have boundaries, Personally, I, I'll get as far as somebody will let me get, right? If they want to tell me about something, I'd love to listen, right? If they want to tell me about some problems they're having with their kids or their wife or other issues, I, I want to hear it. I want to listen because if they're telling me that, then it's definitely bothering them or it's on their mind and they want to get it out. And then when I know I can be a little bit better leader if I know what's going on, because I know things that might be going on with them. And so maybe our next follow-up conversation I'll just mention it, you know, maybe someone was telling me that their mother was sick, right? And so our next conversation that we have in a couple of days, I might start the conversation out with a personal note, like, how's your mom? And they say, hmm, he's listening, like he really cares, right? And then if you're in a group setting, then everybody else sees that. And then they start using that as a entrance to a conversation. So... That's been very, very helpful. Yeah, totally. Totally. The, sometimes the proportion which someone's like, oh, I got to think about that is how great their answer is going to be. So <laughs> we like that. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or a review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.